Production support for Noon Edition comes from Smithville. Fiber internet, streaming TV, home security, and automation in southern Indiana. More information at smithville.com. And from Integrity First Insurance, provider of Erie Insurance, for all your auto, home, life, and business insurance needs. More information at 812-269-8897 or integrityfirstinsuranceservices.com. And from Bloomington Health Foundation, partnering with local organizations and citizens to invest in programs that address our community's health needs. Bloomington Health Foundation, improving health and well-being takes a community. More at bloomhf.org. And from Estate and Downsizing Specialists, LLC, offering complete turnkey services for estate and downsizing clients, from initial consultation through home cleanout to final real estate and personal property sales. More at edsindiana.com. Welcome to Noon Edition on WFIU. I'm your host, Bob Zaltzberg, co-hosting with Lori McRobbie. Today we're going to talk with our guests about higher property taxes in Monroe County and the effects it have, that they have on homeowners. We have three guests with us today. In the studio with us is Eric Spoonmore, the president and CEO of the Greater Bloomington Chamber of Commerce. Joining us over Zoom are Judy Sharp, the Monroe County Assessor, and Linda Kidwell, who's the president of the Bloomington Board of Realtors, broker owner of Camelot Realty Group, and a member of the Monroe County Apartment Association Board of Directors. If you have questions or comments, you can send them to us on Twitter at Noon Edition. You can also send them to the show, news at indianapublicmedia.org. You can also call us at 812-855-0811 or toll-free outside of the Bloomington area at 877-285-9348. I want to welcome Lori back. This is her second show, so she came back. I'm happy happy about that. I did. (laughs) (laughs) Happy to be here. We appreciate that. Um, All three of our guests today have great expertise in their areas. Judy Sharp, I don't know that there could be too many people that have more expertise in assessment than you do. How long have you been county assessor? 35 years. 35 years. Okay, so you've seen it pretty much. I was five when I started. Okay. (laughs) Okay, I'm buying that. You you have uh, seen it all. Um, these statements went out last week, and one of, the, one of the key reasons we're doing the show is it was sticker shock for a lot of people. Can you sort of give us a background on that? Sure. Uh, Indiana is, as you know, a market value in-use state. Um, this happened in the late 90s. Uh, we were not a market value state. We, we were a very strange state. We ended up in a constitutional uh, challenge, and finally the Supreme Court uh, said in 1999 that we will become a market value in your state. We had a couple of years to uh, completely change out the system, and I, I was very much a part of the whole thing from day one. It took us about seven years. So by 2007, we had great data, started getting really good data. Our data is based on sales. So uh, we get every every sale that happens in the county, we get through this office. Uh, it's a big project that we do. We have to validate for trending purposes. And what that means is I only use good sales, uh, sales that are not considered arm's length transaction, um, we throw out. Sales that have some sort of a, somebody just died and you sold it to your, your, your brother or something. Those are not considered, they could be good sales. I'm not saying they're bad, but the problem is I cannot use those for our trending purposes, for our market market analysis that I have to do. Remember, everything I do, we do it annually, and everything I do is by law, it's by the book, and every everything that we do in this office is sent up to the state of Indiana who analyzes statistical analyzation of every bit of my values. I have to pass a major testing up there where they can see if I'm sales chasing, if they can see that I'm artificially lowering values. Can't do that. I do it. I could lose my job and the state would come in and take over. Um, It's a big process. So these people that think that I'm picking on them personally, because I might know you, that is never true. It never has been true, even in the old system. 
I have almost 60,000 parcels that I have to hand touch every single year. We don't have time to, to single out anyone, nor do we, or would we. Um, the market is what is driving this. We have seen this for the last at least four years. We started seeing the increase uh, with the sales. Uh, I think Linda is going to speak a lot about some of the reasons, but the main reason is uh, people love living in Bloomington. Um, they want to move here. Uh, IU, uh, thank you, IU. If we didn't have IU, we would not be Bloomington. Um, however, it brings some downsides. Um, what we're seeing, it's the lack of land that we have to build on in Monroe County. There's not that many big parcels left that you can do. Uh, we have very strict zoning and building codes that uh, we have to have because of lake and everything else. So there's just a lack of inventory. And what people like are really neat big old houses and we're not building a lower price point. And I don't even know what that is anymore, people. Um, I'm asked to talk about affordable housing. There is no such thing. I, I don't know what is affordable to people anymore. I have million dollar houses selling right and left and I never thought anyone could afford a million dollars unless you were really rich. Um, that seems to be a standard around here. Um, the average uh, price in Monroe County a couple of years ago was in the 150, 160. That was an average. Put another 100,000 on that today and going up. I think by another year, if the market keeps going, and I'm not seeing it going down at all, it'll be a 300,000. Um, we talk about affordable housing. I think we talk about uh, a real wage that you can afford to live here in Monroe County. Um, that's another issue, another, that's not in my bailiwick. So what happened is um, the sales dictated what we have to put on, on residential homes. The other thing that has happened um, is all the new construction. I actually put on, uh, we put on, this office put on, uh, 1.9 billion with a B dollars of new assessed valuation. The most I've ever put on in one year in 35 years was about 400 million. Just think about that for a minute. That was uh, that was because of all the new construction and you can just every block you see great big cranes building. People might not like the student as we call it the student housing these apartments, but it's keeping us afloat. Um, let me, we let, have so much building. Yeah, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, let me just let me just turn over to to Linda for a minute and let her talk about uh, you know what's driving these home prices uh, and the uh, you know the values to go up. Well, it's the old supply and demand. Mm -hmm. um, we have very few. In fact, I pulled up. I went to the MLS this morning, which is our multiple listing service and pulled up how many homes are currently listed in the multiple listing service um, for Bloomington Board of Realtors, and there was only 185. And these range from 65.5 to 2,490,000, um, which gave the average price range for homes on the market right now around 503,230. So there you go. I think yeah. that explains a lot. And Judy was talking about, you know, the price ranges. Um, this was another thing year to date, just from January, the mm -hmm. highest priced home that was sold was 2,700,000. Um, the average price of homes that were sold this year was 349,579. Mm -hmm. The average price on the market was only 38. So how does that compare to, to previous times? You mentioned 185 uh, homes on the market right now. What is it typically? Or like, what would be a normal year? Well, um, let's see. I know there's nothing normal, but. Yeah, what know. is that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. I was looking here. Um, well, I've got some increases here. Um, I've, new listings have gone up 3.4%. Our average sales price has gone up 20.6% from the previous year. Okay. okay. Um, yeah. Well, no, from the previous year, actually, it's gone up 30, 33%. Okay. 
but for this year to date, it's gone up 20.6%. Okay. So actually, it's, you know, of course, we're only halfway through the year, not even halfway. So, but, you know, I mean, prices are climbing. And, and like I had told Judy previously, I mean, if you're a seller, you're kind of happy with this. Um, you're going to get top dollar for your property. Um, the problem we have with the inventory, I've got a lot of people who want to sell, but where do they go? Yes. Um, you know, to find something that's comparable to what they're selling is going to cost them more than what they're in right now. So that's not a good option. I mean, mortgage rates are super, super low. Um, so it's a good time to take advantage of that. But I, I hate to say it as a realtor, but I, I hate to see buyers paying way, way too much. I had one lady that wanted to offer $200,000 over what the people were asking for. And I mm -hmm. thought it was already overpriced by 100000 wow. So you know, people are just out there desperate, right. I think has a lot to do with it. They, there's not much, you know, I've got one client that he has put in nine offers and he has been beat out every time. Cash buyer, you know, he's, he's good at uh, fixer uppers. So he's even waived his inspection rights and he still didn't come out and he's, he's given up. So I'm just going to wait, you know, I'm gonna play in this game. So I think it's just out of desperation, too. I mean, um, we're selling houses within two hours of being listed. That is crazy. I mean, we used to have open houses. We don't have time anymore. They're sold before you can even schedule one. Yeah, and I think in some markets, this this is Lori just, just jumping in, too. I think um, I'm just sort of wondering if... Uh, people are even um, waiting for mortgages, and if these aren't, there are an awful lot of cash offers because people aren't going to wait to be qualified for a mortgage. Oh yeah, I don't know where all this cash is coming from. Yeah, all of a sudden, it used to be a cash buyer was a piece of gold, you know. But uh, much more common. Yeah. And now they're out there. Um, they're offering cash, a lot of cash. Like I said, this one lady was offering six hundred thousand cash. Um, mm. They're waiving inspections. Um, you know, cash, you don't have to worry about going through underwriting or being approved. So that contingency is gone. So those are hard people to compete with when you, you know, and I hate to tell people, oh, well, you can't have an inspection or you're not going to get this property. Um, I would hate to buy a property without having it inspected. Right, mm -hmm. right. Eric, from the Chamber's perspective, I mean, this has got to have an effect on the business community. Um, so, you know, how do you give us sort of the big picture? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, the Chamber's been very concerned about the housing issue in Monroe County and Bloomington for uh, several years. It's a core uh, advocacy issue for us. We want to work with elected officials to get some progress uh, on housing affordability and just the overall stock of housing in general. We know that we've got a huge number of jobs open here in Monroe County with some of our largest employers and our smallest employers. And where are these people going to live? Catalent, um, you know, they want to hire a, a thousand new employees with an average wage of $32 an hour. These people want to live in single family homes. They don't want to live in apartments. They want a home that they can live in that has a backyard and a front yard where their kids can play and their pets can uh, be out there. Um, and we know that there's some real anomalies happening here in Monroe County versus other parts of the state. Bloomington, Monroe County is the most expensive place in the state of Indiana to live, the highest cost of living of any other county in the state. Uh, we're seeing major employers here not being able to get the kind of progress that they need on housing for their employees. So they're going to surrounding counties to mm -hmm. develop new housing options uh, for their workforce. And that's sad to me as a former county council member. I want those property taxes to stay here in Monroe County. I want those income taxes to stay mm -hmm. here in Monroe County because we need that. So, uh, yeah, the chamber will continue to advocate for more housing at all price points, you know, not just the the, uh, the subsidized uh, affordable housing. We need workforce housing. We need mid-range homes, and we need the upper-end homes as well, too. We need the whole range of new homes uh, to be built and constructed here, and I think that will go a long way to providing some solutions, but I don't think it's the only answer. We clearly have uh, some other variables and factors involved here uh, that we need to address as well, too. Well, I think we've opened up a, a big bunch of issues here with our, our 
first round of, of answers from our three panelists. We have Judy Sharp, Monroe County Assessor, Eric Spoonmore, the President and CEO of the Greater Bloomington Chamber of Commerce, and Linda Kidwell, the President of the Bloomington Board of Realtors, a broker owner of Camelot Realty Group, and a member of the Monroe County Apartment Association Board. If you have questions, you can call us 812-855-0811 or toll free 877-285-9348. You can also send your questions news at indianapublicmedia.org or at noon edition you can send us questions on twitter Lori, yeah i wanted to eric i wanted to follow up a little more on on some of these issues uh you know we talk about bloomington monroe county being the most expensive place obviously there's other cities in the county how and actually uh judy and linda may want to comment on this too how are these issues affecting people who live let's say in ellettsville or bedford uh which are uh, at least one might imagine are are um, more affordable communities, and certainly see a lot of people moving out uh, to, to, to they can afford a home in Ellettsville that they can't afford here. Sure, and I think we're seeing home prices in Ellettsville really start to elevate as well too. It's catching up. Um, you know, some of the surrounding counties, absolutely, it's a, it's you can get a lot more house uh, in Lawrence County than what you can uh, in the heart of Bloomington, and. Um, I think we're seeing more people taking advantage of that as well, too. And that, again, is sad to me. I don't want to see uh, mm-hmm. our talent and our workforce and people leaving the community. We need to be drawing them in to the community. And housing is just an essential uh, part of that equation. Yeah. Well, and certainly we know when people are starting to uh, find jobs here in Bloomington, as you said, Cataland is hiring, but they're finding homes farther away. That leads to transportation issues and other infrastructure burdens that exactly. yeah, it becomes part of a whole system. But can you speak to the just the role of now inflation uh, itself and what we're seeing with inflation, how that's affecting what's going on right now? Judy may want to comment on this as well. Sure. Inflation is a huge concern uh, to the chamber. You know, we're, I would say that in the business community right now, there is a general kind of uh, sense of optimism going forward. The cloud hanging over everything, though, is inflation right now. You know, we're beyond COVID, hopefully. We're kind of wanting to put that in the rear view. Uh, Now we've got uh, the inflationary concerns, and that's really kind of a hidden tax on its own. You know, when you're paying more for gas, when you're paying more for groceries, you're paying more for these essential items that you need to live on a day-to-day basis, uh, that eats and erodes your income. And we've got a lot of things going on in addition to higher property taxes uh, that, that could be the result of these higher assessed values. The community's also preparing for uh, a continuation of the uh, MCCSC school referendum, which we at the chamber have um, uh, estimated will be about a 40% increase from the current referendum rate. So that's going to affect property taxes. We just saw the city council pass a 51% increase to the local income tax rate. We've got inflation rates at the highest that we've seen in the last 40 years. And so um, you know, the community just has a lot coming at it right now. And these are all concerns to our businesses, but it really affects our workers, too. You know, we mm-hmm. want to do everything that we can to attract talent and that pipeline of talent into Monroe County to fill those thousand jobs that Catalan has. They need folks to be working in those roles. And when you have such high rates of inflation and taxes going on all at once, maybe that could lead to somebody to say, gosh, uh, not the right place for me. I might be able to you know, get more bang for my buck somewhere else. I want to ask uh, Judy, uh, getting back to the, you know, the assessments from the, the letters that we all got, what does this actually mean for the individual, um, the individual property owner? So my, I know Eric was open. He posted on Facebook. His assessment went up 27%. Mine went up 30%. Does this mean that our property taxes are going to be 27 and 30 percent higher? No, sir. Okay. It doesn't mean that. Good. So what, what does it mean to me? Well, right now, we're not sure how much you'll go up. It depends on the tax rate. We don't get the tax rate till next March. Uh, how it's supposed to work in a perfect world is our assessments go up. The tax rate's supposed to go down because we have a frozen levy. What we have seen um, in the last few years the levy is just one part of this equation. You have all these other, you have the referendums. You now have this fire district that is outside, but it's on the property tax. You have the um, stormwater uh, 
cost that doubled last year. And um, so all of these things are tacked onto your property tax bill uh, outside of what your house is. So um, I don't know. I always hope that the, because we always put on value, but I've never seen values like this. So hopefully uh, we will see a little drop in the property taxes, uh, the rate. The, um, you were mentioning Bedford moving down there, you get more house. They also have a higher tax rate. We are the sixth lowest, uh, we were the sixth lowest county as for property tax rates, uh, which is pretty, pretty amazing when you think about. Brown is higher than us. Um, all around us are higher. With that being said, I don't know how it's going to affect everybody next year, but it isn't apples to apples um, at all. Uh, one of the questions that was asked earlier of Linda, I actually had the answer for. You're asking about supply and demand. The average, a healthy market should have six months of inventory out there. Monroe County right now only has 2.3 months. That really is speaking highly of what, what we're dealing with. Um, so your question, is your taxes going up? I can't answer that, nor would I, um, because no matter what I say, I'll be wrong. Uh, and people, and well, not only that, you know, it's just like when you start quoting percentages, and that's something I, I always warn everybody about, because what we get in here, well, you said it will only go, everybody's is only going up 6%. No, I didn't say that. Yeah. I won't, I won't quote percentages. Yeah. I've seen things go up 100, 200%. So, no. Well, I, I think the, the reason I asked the question, and I think Eric wants to join in too, is because a lot of people got those statements and a lot of people are not, you know, they're not aware of how your taxes are actually put together, that it's the rate times the assessed value and how the rate is adjusted based on mm -hmm. the levy and all those. I mean, those are terms that the normal person doesn't usually go throwing around. So Correct. I just wanted to, to get sort of a sense that we could maybe people could take a deep breath a little bit mm -hmm. after they open those eric yeah and just to provide some uh, a little bit of reassurance there and assessor sharp is uh correct it's, it's really difficult to kind of estimate this right now i suppose um what you could do is look at the rate controlled funds and multiply those by the assessed value growth um, it won't be huge because most of the funds uh, are under a frozen levy and you'd have to deduct, uh, you know, your homestead and mortgage deductions, et cetera. In any case, I don't, it, it's a complicated uh, system that we have. Um, I really don't think, from my experience as a former county council member, where we would work with the assessor and work with the auditor on all of this stuff and putting these numbers together, I don't think that these huge growth rates of assessed value are going to translate into huge um, growth rates of taxes paid. Um, for all the reasons that Assessor Sharp had kind of mentioned earlier. Okay. But I do think that there will be some increase. I've never seen taxes go down in my life on anything. I've only <laughs> seen them go up, uh, and I think we'll see more of that this time around. Yeah, it's kind of a law of the universe or something, I think. <laughs> Can you, um, uh, we were talking a bit before the show started about that th there's a larger context in which we're, we're seeing these kinds of uh, changes, which is that, you know, housing prices have spiked all over the country. I think even uh, internationally, there's there's been just a, a real change in uh, affordability around ho housing and housing security issues. So there is there is this larger context that we're that Bloomington and Monroe County and the state of Indiana and the United States are are dealing with. Can you can you just talk about some of those larger larger trends that uh, that are we're feeling here at home? Yeah, um, you know, particularly uh, I think. A lot of these issues are, are tax-related and public policy issues that um, are determined by our elected officials, um, and you know it's a, it's a matter of priorities a lot of times that is leading to you know some of these uh, cost of living issues that we're experiencing, and you know our elected leaders have uh, a huge influence over uh, these decisions that are being made, and it's it's terribly saddening to me. I mean, we have an election like we just did uh, a couple days ago, and we only have 10% of the population yeah. going out to vote. And so that means 90% of uh, the public or eligible voters 
either aren't paying attention or they don't care enough. Everybody wants to vote for the president, but nobody wants to vote for the local officials that make all the decisions that impact you most. And uh, so we've got to start getting the public more engaged in these processes so that they're buying into it and, and making their voices heard with these very, very important decisions that really do affect uh, the cost of living in our communities and how much we're paying in our taxes. Yeah. We're starting to get some uh, questions in. I want to give our numbers again, 812-855-0811 or toll-free uh, 1-877-285-9348. You can send them to news at indianapublicmedia.org or on Twitter to at Noon Edition. Tom has sent in a message over email, and he also he sent it in earlier today. Uh, the high property taxes will translate to high high rent prices. Uh, Linda, I guess I would ask you as a member of the Monroe County Apartment Association Board of Directors to address this. So Tom says uh, one of his rentals went up 35% uh, and rents are ju- just continuing to go up. One economist said, this is one of his comments, don't get the bulk of taxes or don't get the bulk, bulk of taxes we need from real estate taxes, lower real estate tax. Lower real estate taxes will drive the marketplace. People have more money to spend on new appliances, a vacation, and add to their house, their utility bills, general house upkeep, et cetera. So, Linda, can you talk about the effect of you know these higher higher prices and you know high, higher taxes? And we've talked about how you know the assessment may not raise taxes as much as people might be worried about. But how does that affect rental costs? Well, actually, I did some um, research on the rentals here in, in Bloomington or in Monroe County, actually. Um, and the prices have been going up long before this assessment came out. So mm-hmm. I don't think the property tax is really the concerning factor. I mean, it, it's great to say to your tenant, well, I have to raise your rent because the property taxes went up. Um, but a lot of things have gone up. Building supplies have gone up. Uh, right now, it is almost impossible to find people available to do maintenance. You're paying higher prices for them. You're paying higher prices for building materials. You're just paying higher prices for everything. Um, I did go into our multiple listing service, and I was looking in Monroe County. How many rentals are currently available? This is for all of Monroe County. 38 came up. And the average price of a rental was $2,422 a month. A month. <laughs> wow, that, that's for a house, wow. a rental house? No, well, some of them are condos. Okay, um, okay. Yeah, I mean, mostly in, in some of them, um, you know, some might even be mobile homes, um, whatever is the multiple listing service. So, um, I mean, I can't afford $2,400 a month. Yeah. <laughs> and how, um, how does how does the student housing factor into that? Because th- those are rented by the bedroom generally, so one unit would would maybe go rise up to that. Is that how that works? Um, it has yeah, it has a lot to do with it, I think. Um, but you know, we were talking about maybe going to Ellisville because it's less expensive there. That's not true. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just moved our office from Ellisville to the South Side, and so I was dealing a lot with Ellisville. Um, people want to move to Ellisville. Mainly, I found that um, they love the schools out there. Um, they just love the area, but there's hardly anything out there to rent. I mean, if you look in Ellisville mm-hmm. to rent a house, mm-hmm. look, you're going to be, and I've had people say, well, I'll just wait until I can find something. And even houses for sale, there's very few out there for sale. Um, people, I think they, they like the area and they tend to stay. So you're not going to have as much inventory out there. But uh, you've got to remember, too, Ellisville is still part of Monroe County. So right. it, it's not like it's someplace outside of, of Bloomington area because we're still right there in Monroe County. Um, I have noticed, you know, Bedford, yes, it's a lot less there. Owen County, good luck finding anything hardly out there. Uh, you know, people like Owen County, but not much out there. Owen County, by the way, is part of the Bloomington Board of Realtors. So I have access to all those listings too. And there's just very, very little out there. Um, But as far as, you know, rental rates and and property taxes, um, I don't really, like I said, it's been going on for 
at least three or four years now, and the last two especially have jumped tremendously. Um, some of our units, we've raised as much as two and 300 a month um, just because tenants had been there for several years and they were paying, you know, a, a rate that they paid maybe four or five years ago uh, with very few increases since then. But I don't think the assessment is going to, you know, affect rents in any way. Um, so one thing, though, I think um, a lot of people are confused about. I've had several of my clients call and said, I got my appraisal. And it said, and I have to explain to them, there is a difference between appraisals and assessments. Right. Right. Yeah, explain that. Explain that to us. Judy, you want to do that or you want me to? No, I'll be more than happy to. Um, I am what's called a mass appraiser. I appraise to the average, usually. Um, You're not due a fee appraisal. An appraisal that you would hire somebody just to come and look at your house and appraise it, that's called a fee appraiser. Uh, they get into the house, they, they, they see a lot. With that being said, if I do my job right, and if the appraiser is doing their job right, we're going to be really, really close, very close. Um, there's not a lot of difference anymore because we are market value. This mm-hmm. fee appraiser is using the same comps that I'm using. I use comparables. I am slash assessor appraiser. Um, but so, and what I'm seeing, and I'm sure Linda is seeing it in the market trying to sell, I'm getting appraisers calling saying, Judy, I can't get to what this house is selling for. And I said, yeah, I understand that because, you know, they're hired by the bank to, uh, so the people that are buying it have enough money that the bank is not going to lose if they run out, you know, if they can't stay in the place. I think we're over buying to the market, but we can't stop that. And it's what it is right now. But the difference between a fee appraiser and a mass appraiser like I am, um, you're paying them uh, right now, if you could even get an appraisal done, they're very expensive. They used to be about 350. The last I've seen come across my desk about 500. Um, So I never tell people to go get an appraisal. Um, They have to, if they don't agree with me eventually, because I have all the data, they have to have something to appeal. Um, But if we're both doing our jobs right, we're going to be real close. Yeah. I wanted to come back to, well, I suppose it's kind of one of these bigger issues that's affecting everybody, which is the pandemic. Um, Certainly some of the things that uh, have been out there in articles and so forth have linked um, the pandemic or the waning of the pandemic to uh, th- somehow is driving housing prices as as people come out of uh, out of it and are, I suppose are tired of where they've been locked down for so long and looking for something new. I'm not quite sure what the relationship is there, but that there does seem to be a relationship between what what people experienced during the pandemic. Uh, and I, I wonder if one of the factors, and maybe this is a more even a more general question, is an awful lot of people uh, rather than moving uh, during that time chose to upgrade their home. So that is another factor, presumably, that's driving house home values. Um, mm-hmm. Judy or Linda, do you want to, or Eric, any of you want to speak to that? Sure, that's ex- you're exactly right, Laura. Um, we didn't see any slowdown through the COVID. We thought we would, but we did not. I, Linda can attest to that. The sales were just as, hmm. well, they were more than we ever saw. But at the same time, besides new sales or the sales being um, much more, people were sitting home with nothing to do but sit at home. And then they decided to start remodeling. Well, what happened here then is uh, the, where COVID affected it was the cost of of materials and that didn't even seem to really slow people down um you had to wait longer you had to find a contractor that would come in if you could do it yourself you were better off but now what we see when we see them on the market now this year we see something and maybe it's sold two years ago and we're seeing a couple of hundred thousand more on it a lot of times in there they have gone in and renovated quite a bit and we can all see what goes on through the MLS. So yes, Laurie, you're exactly right. COVID did affect us, but it wasn't a negative effect. Yeah, the other thing I found due to COVID is the types of homes that people want. Um, Mm -hmm. It's kind of 
humorous that, you know, all of a sudden the divorce rates up, um, you know, people are looking for houses where the children's bedrooms are kind of far away from their bedroom, uh, two stories so you can put the kids upstairs. Um, a lot of people work at home now too. And, um, they're looking for den areas or places they can put an office. So the types of homes people are looking for has changed. Uh, also, with a lot of people working from home, uh, they don't have to be that close to where they work. Um, I mean, I, I talk to people that don't even work for the main company in our state, but they want to live here. Um, maybe, you know, their home offices in Chicago or Louisville or somewhere. But uh, So the types of houses that people are looking for are changing quite a bit. We have a couple questions that have come in. Um, Eric, I think somebody is questioning the idea that Bloomington is the highest-priced place in the state. This person says, what about the Zionsville area? How is Monroe County uh, – isn't Monroe County cheaper than some of the areas of Indy or Bloomington cheaper, I guess? Yeah, or Carmel. Well, in, in terms of houses yeah. versus income gotcha. is what – I'm kind of talking. If, if you've got the income in those places, uh, you can afford those. Uh, we don't have those levels of income here in Monroe County, um, and the houses are you know very expensive for what you get. Gotcha. Um, okay. You know, just look at small things like the cost of gasoline here in Monroe County. Uh, you're going to pay twenty cents a gallon more than you will anywhere else in the state. I don't know why that is. Uh, well, and, and <laughs> I, I'll tell you, at the HT, we did like mm-hmm. 20 stories on that, and I still couldn't tell you why yeah. it is. So, <laughs> yeah. But there's there's so many of these, and there's been studies done that have um, uh, indicated that Bloomington and Monroe County, just a very high cost of living place uh, in the state of Indiana. R- relative to income relative is really income, what the yes. point you're making. Yep, yeah, exactly. So and here's another question that I'll let you start out with, and then if, if Linda and Judy want to want to respond, this gets into politics a little bit. The caller's question is from Ann, who didn't want to go on the air, but she says, have local government and zoning boards contributed to the problem by delaying development and making burdensome requests? I think that's an excellent question, and um, I think there could be, uh, you know, a very valid case made for that. We've seen some um, uh, some very creative and I think productive uh, proposals put forward by developers. I think the real opportunity right now for new housing is out in the county. Um, you know, there's not a whole lot of options uh, in terms of vacant land in the city, but um, th- there's a lot of opportunity in the county. And for one reason or another, I don't know exactly why. Uh, some of these proposals are being rejected. And uh, that's unfortunate because the homes, as we talked about before, at all price points really are needed in Monroe County. And I think that, you know, the the more supply you have, uh, the more that that's going to meet the demand that's out there and can get prices a little bit more under control. And to follow up on that, I, I think you alluded to it earlier, but Cook Group announced that they're going to build 300 houses, but none of them are going to be in Monroe County. Correct. And they were supportive of some of those proposals that were going on in the county that were rejected. Correct. Right. Okay. Uh, we have another question. Um, let's see. This is from Arvis. This goes, again, to, to policy. I'm not sure that you three are the best to, to answer this, but why do we have to have a county tax increase from the city council if they're making more money off of property tax increase. This is from Arvis. So let me see. So we've, we've kind of established that we don't know how much more the county is going to or the city is going to get from the property tax, correct? Right. Okay. And then the whole issue of this local income tax increase, can you explain why the city has the power to do that? Yes. The um so Monroe County has a local income tax council. The local income tax council makes the decisions on any adjustment to the local income tax rate. And the local income tax council is comprised of all the fiscal bodies within the county. So that would include the city of Bloomington. That would be the, the city council is a fiscal body. And the county government, it would be the county council. Uh, the town of Ellettsville is the fiscal body for Ellettsville. And then the uh, town of Steinsville uh, council is fiscal body for uh, for them. And uh, so they um, are each allocated uh, shares of votes. It's, again, a complicated process uh, based on population. 
the city of Bloomington has the greatest share of population. So the way that the formula works out is, is that basically if eight members of the city council vote in favor of a local income tax adjustment like we saw the other night, uh, that would affect that, uh, that change for all residents in the county. Uh, a lot of people think that's a very unfair system. Uh, there's some talk right now that that could be changed uh, with le- legislative action uh, in the General Assembly next year to make, uh, make it allowable where if the city wants to raise uh, revenue uh, through an income tax, they could do it just for the city of Bloomington where it wouldn't affect uh, some of the other outlying areas. Or if the county wanted to do it, they could do it for their jurisdiction or Ellettsville and so forth. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of different opinions about uh, how the local income tax uh, council functions and and how those votes are made and decisions are made. But the, but that's just to to my own uh, own knowledge here. Those that system is true across Indiana. So it's not just specific to Monroe County. It's Correct. governed by state law. Yep. That's how it works in every county. Right. Yep. That has that provision that to ha- be able to to raise right. local income taxes. So it has to be corrected, if you will, at the state level. Okay. Exactly. All right. One other uh, quick question. Um, I don't know if it's a quick one, but we've talked about how the the new hospital has helped increase these property uh, assessments. How's how's that? Is that is that what is that an accurate statement? That is a question that that I had, and I would like to hear Assessor Sharps. No, that's totally tax exempt. Okay. So, <laughs> so does it uh, does it affect us yeah. on the property tax side? Yeah. Uh, that one point nine billion that I put on this year, yeah. only ninety million was for the hospital because we only picked up part of it. It's just partially was finished as of January one. Um, so next year it should be one hundred percent on the on the uh, on the on the rolls, but not for taxation because it is it's exempt. Uh, but I have to still put it on, then we take it off. Okay. Uh, my best guess, uh, it could be close to $900 million um, that I might add on next year for that hospital. That's was a lot of money to build that. But because of our um, how we exempt things in Indiana, uh, IU, and this is IU Hospital, is tax exempt. And we can, we can, that's another whole issue that we talk about all the time in the state. Um, so does it affect our property tax? It not negative or positive. It's just we in my office, we do a lot of work for it without any anything coming. But if we didn't have it, it'd be worse. And it's just like IU doesn't pay property tax, but they pay a lot of other taxes or not taxes, but a lot of fees and stuff. So as Eric has been saying over and over, this is a very complicated system, and it's just not one thing. You pull one thread, and you find a hundred other threads to pull. Yeah, mm-hmm. if I can just follow up on that, I think that just as you pointed out, IU land is is tax exempt, but there are are typically payments in lieu of property taxes that Correct. come in as revenue. Is that the same for the hospital? Is no. is an arrangement? There isn't that arrangement. No, man, not yet. Yeah, not yet. Yeah, and <laughs> and uh, I think this is obviously something that will play out over time. But the old hospital site is now there, and and uh, I know there's been a lot of work to determine how that will be redeveloped, um, and presumably that was off the tax rolls, um, but may potentially come back on. It, uh, any comment? Eric, do you have a sense of what what might be happening there and how that might perhaps mitigate yeah. a little bit of what what that new hospital brought? And I certainly think that's the goal. And so there's there's uh, some great potential with that site, and um, really uh, looking forward to see how all that develops. But yeah, um, as it develops, uh, the city will kind of parcel the individual parcels off to private developers. Then it gets back on the tax rolls um, and will be assessed by uh, the assessor's office, and it will go through that process like everybody else does. But that is um, uh, absolutely, um, uh, you know, how that process would work and uh, a big part of the goal for that uh, particular uh, development down there that I think will be really exciting for Bloomington. We have another question that's come in from Ann, came in by email. 
Is it being discussed to grandfather the existing homeowners so vulnerable people such as seniors, disabled, and low-income families can continue to afford to pay their property taxes in the coming year? So, again, Judy, how – how how does if if somebody's property taxes do go up, is there any way to mitigate that? Well, first of all, um, yes. There's all sorts of uh, deductions and exemptions that the state, and this is all at the state level. It's not local. Uh, the state has put on. Uh, there's uh, for older people in lower uh, income homes or not, you know, value homes, and their income is low. There's some uh, a senior citizen exemption. But that's for the, um, you know, the house can't be any more than a certain assessed valuation. I think it might be 189, 200. This is uh, something that changes each year. But you can only make, I think, 30,000 a year. That's not much money. And so you're not going to have people that qualify for that usually in a really expensive home. So there's that. Um, Veterans exemption, that's only for disabled veterans, and that is from the uh, federal government. VA does that. It's just because you're a veteran, you don't get an exemption. We have blind and disabled, those things, you still have to have a doctor's of. They're not going to offset your property tax that much. Um, One thing that we do here, if you are living, um, let's just use the 12th Street area, or not 12th, but the Uh, over on the hill, the west side. That used to be some of our lowest homes. But what's happened over the years, it's been gentrified. So you have homes that are selling for, they're they're buying from mom and pop that maybe have passed away at under uh, a couple of hundred thousand, but then they're going in and put two, three, four hundred. We actually segregate that kind of stuff. We we try to keep like to like. So if you've had a lot of uh, changes of how the property is used right now and the cost of it, we try to do that. I That's something we've been doing for years. I, I think all the whole state of Indiana, you have a million dollar house next door to you and you, you live in a mobile home, you're not gonna be paying what that mobile home or that what that uh, million dollar is. So there are a lot of things in there, but um, there's not a good answer for that. Mm-hmm. Um, as, the, as the market goes up, you know, I can't just lower it just because someone can't afford the house they're living in. But you might hear that from million-dollar people. I just bought a million-dollar house, and I can't afford the taxes. I'm not going to be smart sometimes, but I want to say maybe you should have bought an (laughs) $800,000. And I'm sure Linda hears the same thing. I'm sure she does. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. I We don't have a, a lot of time left, only a few minutes, but I, I did just want to touch quickly on, on you know, the other side of this, which which you, you both mentioned, which is um, uh, wages uh, and and the fact that wages haven't, haven't uh, necessarily kept pace. Obviously, inflation is an issue here, too. Eric, you might want to just say something about just overall, if you're seeing some real gaps widening even more, perhaps between the the rate of wage increase and the rate of housing price increase. Right. Yeah. You're you're absolutely right. It has not kept pace. Uh, hasn't really kept pace with inflation rates uh, either. Mm-hmm. Um, however, there is, I think, some really good news on the horizon here for us in Bloomington, and especially as it relates to those Catalan developments. Um, $32 an hour average wage for a thousand employees that will have a material impact on the community's ability to start lifting wages for everyone and uh, because we know that there's going to be some movement from you know employers to Catalan because they're drawn into those larger employers other employers are going to have to start competing with those um, uh, types of wages at those rates there's going to be some short-term turbulence i think we we understand that that you know this is not going to be um you know really uh, easy to navigate for a lot of employers over the next couple of years but in the long run it's going to be good for bloomington and uh you know being able to lift up wages for all and i think um you know catalan is being a a big leader in that right now and so we should see more follow suit uh, going forward. But uh, yeah, expect some turbulence here over the next couple of years. All right. Last couple of minutes. I just want to hit some top lines here. It sounds like, um, Judy, people shouldn't be coming and yelling, yelling at you because you don't know what the taxes are going to be, and it's not the assessor's office's fault. 
Correct. Okay, good. And Linda, uh, people shouldn't be yelling at you because people are buying houses at very high levels. So uh, you're you're trying to sell people houses, and you can't control what the market's doing. I wish I could. <laughs> right. And and Eric, there are lots of uh, solutions you probably could offer. You were formerly on the county council. What's one thing that you wish would happen that can help us uh, make sure that everybody can afford to live in Monroe County and do what they want to do? I would like to see a lot more um, uh, uh, opening up of um, new development of housing in general. And, you know, I, I do think that this uh, these assessed values will have a minimal uh, kind of tax impact on property taxes. I think the the bigger impact is going to be from the school referendum if that passes, and then obviously the uh, the income tax uh, that was just raised. I think those that's where you're going to see the uh, the majority of the impact on your your checkbook. But um, you know, the more housing that we can get here locally, the better off we're going to be in the long run. Okay, yeah. and I'm sure we'll do something about the referendum in the future. Yep. All right. I think so. Okay. I want to thank our guest today. It's been a great conversation. I hope that we've been able to mitigate some fears out there and explain some things. Thank you to Judy Sharp, Monroe County Assessor, Eric Spoonmore, President and CEO of the Greater Bloomington Chamber of Commerce, and Linda Kidwell, the President of the Bloomington Board of Realtors, broker owner of Camelot Realty Group, and a member of the Monroe County Apartment Association Board of Directors. For my co-host, Lori Burns-McRobbie, and our producers, Benta Boutier, Holden Absher, and Nathan Moore, who's joined us today, and engineer Mike Pashkash, I'm Bob Zaltzberg. Thanks for listening to Noon Edition. Production support for Noon Edition comes from Smithville. Fiber internet, streaming TV, home security, and automation in southern Indiana. More information at smithville.com. And from Integrity First Insurance, provider of Erie Insurance, for all your auto, home, life, and business insurance needs. More information at 812-269-8897 or IntegrityFirstInsuranceServices.com. And from Bloomington Health Foundation, partnering with local organizations and citizens to invest in programs that address our community's health needs. Bloomington Health Foundation, improving health and well-being takes a community. More at bloomhf.org. And from Estate and Downsizing Specialists, LLC, offering complete turnkey services for estate and downsizing clients, from initial consultation through home cleanout to final real estate and personal property sales. More at edsindiana.com. Support for WFIU comes from Brown County Music Center presenting Gladys Knight live in Nashville, Indiana on July 30th. Tickets and more at browncountymusiccenter.com. You're listening to WFIU Bloomington. With translators W270BH at 1019 in Bloomington. W264AL at 100.7 in Columbus. W269BU at 1017 in French Lick, West Baden. W255BG at 989 in Greensburg. W291AM at 1061 in Kokomo. W261CM at 100.1 in Seymour. And W236AE at 951 in Terre Haute.